In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. At the very beginning of today's gospel, we hear the news that John the Baptist has been arrested. Jesus and his disciples must sense that these are dangerous times. Events are moving quickly, and each day brings new challenges. For us, living so many years later, we hear news that makes us anxious. Whether we're the sort of person who devours every word and watches the news all day long, or maybe we try to filter it and hear just what we have to hear, or maybe we try to avoid it altogether, there's almost no getting around a certain sense of anxiety, of trouble brewing, a sense that a world is out of control. And so, in the context of what the scripture calls elsewhere wars and rumors of wars, we find ourselves here, a part of a church, a part of this church. And like the people described in today's gospel so long ago, rather than despair because of bad news, John the Baptist has been arrested, or give up, we too are called to follow Jesus and to go fishing, to be a part of this whole sharing of good news which, which catches people. News about Jesus, his life, his way, his freedom can catch some off guard. It can perhaps catch others who feel like they're in the middle of a free fall. And it might even catch our breath as we realize anew just how deep God's love is for each one of us and the world. The spirit of helping others to get caught up in the love and life of Christ, of, of sharing what we've got and not holding on to it too tightly for just ourselves, is a good spirit in which to reflect and celebrate this annual meeting of the Church of the Holy Trinity. As most of you know, on this annual meeting Sunday every January, it's my practice to make my annual report in the context of the sermon. That idea is not original with me. I stole it from Father John David Van Doren, who now is just downtown at um, Church of the Transfiguration. But years ago, I heard that was his practice, and I thought it was a good practice. Because it makes the point that not only what I've done the last year, but what all of us have done is in the context of our reflecting on the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we respond to the risen Christ in our world. My report just skims the surface. You'll get a hard copy report of the full ministry of the church, at least those who've written reports, and you'll see there are all sorts of things going on. A lot of my energy last year was spent working and managing around our building. And you can read about that in the Buildings and Grounds report. I'll thank some people by name in this report. And I know I'll miss and overlook a whole lot of people. So please know how grateful I am for each one of you who gives and serves and prays and shows up and is the body of Christ in this place and beyond. 
with regard to catching people, to use that phrase from today's gospel. Uh, Last year, we caught more people. We caught more people in worship. Uh, Our attendance has slowly been increasing. And I think that's helped form a number of new communities. Um, The Sunday 8 a.m. service has been better attended, and there's a, a core of people who look around the room and know each other. The same goes for Wednesday nights. The same goes for Sunday evenings at 6. Especially in 2019, whenever I had to be away for a meeting or an appointment or vacation, volunteers from the community stepped up and led morning prayer. That's as it should be, where it's less dependent on somebody wearing a collar, but it's the prayer of the people. Mondays through Thursdays, we average four to seven people every morning, and there's a little community that centers itself over there around morning prayer, a few of whom are there every day, but we keep you in our prayers as you come and go. In 2019, as most of you know, we began the complicated and laborious work of migrating from an older database system to a new cloud-based, more secure and versatile information management system. Uh, Some of you have created logins and you've gone online, you've updated your information and maybe given financially. We're grateful. And already the new system is helping us be better stewards of our financial resources But even more importantly, it helps us keep track of people, um, to know who's a part of this church in a formal way and and who just likes to know we're here. It's helpful to know who has a husband or a wife or a spouse, um, especially if they're not particularly religious or of another religion. We can keep all of that straight in our database. This new database called Realm makes for better fishing, really. It allows us to catch and to minister among the people God sends our way. Again, in 2019, a whole lot of people got caught up in the work of God in this neighborhood through Holy Trinity Neighborhood Center. Um, David Liston, our president, and the entire HTNC board guide the programs with um, incredible humor and persistence and competence. Thank you all. As you'll hear in the church treasurer's report a little later, in 2019, we were finally able to do a little more careful accounting and to notice the cost incurred by HTNC. And so HTNC pays the church back for staff time that's used for their programs. It's a much cleaner operation, and we know who's spending what on whom. In 2019, we had no HTNC fundraisers. We felt like we were pretty flush, and it would be embarrassing to ask for a grant or do another fundraiser. Um, That will change in 2020. (laughs) And so stay tuned, and if you're a Scotch lover or just want to celebrate things Scottish, stay tuned and come when you can. We're very close to beginning to get a plan for the kitchen in the basement of St. Christopher's House. And then we can do some serious fundraising to try to get the space that really will help us minister more effectively and more more Christ-centeredly in our neighborhood. The programs of HTNC are always blessed by volunteers, and that was true last year. The Tuesday Senior Lunch community continued to be robust and well-fed, thanks to our French chef, Emma Saban, and her team. 
Um, Even though the various cooking teams for Saturday night neighborhood suppers have begun to change a little bit in their configuration and maybe we'll need some new volunteers in 2020, last year was a huge success and thanks to all those concerned. The Thanksgiving dinner program again fed almost 300 people. Thanks especially to Suzanne Julig and Lydia Cologne and others from St. Joseph's Church and everyone who volunteered. Um, Our shelter uh, struggled a little bit last year with the practical aspects of our serving as a respite site for Main Chance Drop-In Center. But our coordinator, Mark Roshkind, and others have, have stayed on main chance to demand that we get better services for the folks who spend the night with us. That usually translated like a better linen service and more cots and things like that. We continue to be one of the few uh, religious organizations that has a shelter throughout the year. We don't close for summer. Um, We do close Wednesday and Thursday nights so that we cover the Sabbaths while the synagogues are closed. If we had more volunteers, we could be open seven nights a week. Last year, we took a year off from Mayfair, given street and rectory construction and a very late date of Easter. Uh, But we made up for it by being evangelical in the best sense of the word, by catching people and letting people know about the love of Christ. The last week in June last summer, it was World Pride as LGBTQ people from all over the world came to New York. And our church was on the main website and in publications as a place that welcomed all people in the name of Christ. On Tuesday night of World Pride Week, we offered an opportunity for people to come here and meet our very own assistant bishop, Mary Glasspool. Uh, Mary is the first openly lesbian bishop in the Anglican Communion. We had a full church. And a number of people I met said that was the reason they came to New York for World Pride, to be in a church hearing a bishop talk about the love of God. For months, I got emails and thank you notes for that evening. On Wednesday of that week, we showed the film, Saint of 9-11. It tells about the life of Father Michael Judge. And then on Sunday of Pride Week, we had special music in the morning and a pre-parade party in the social hall. And then a bunch of us joined the Diocese of New York in the Pride March. I continue to try to be a better fisherman for Christ, and I try to sharpen my skills by learning from the community and from colleagues. I sit on a number of boards. I celebrate a monthly Eucharist at Carnegie East House for Senior Living. Um, I do a little bit of this and that and try to be a good colleague. Sigo aprendiendo y practicando español, aunque hablo muy mal. Estudio porque desafía mi cerebro, me ayuda a ser más útil en el ministerio y porque ayuda a nuestra iglesia a dar la bienvenida a los vecinos cercanos y lejanos. Para aquellos hablantes nativos de español, gracias por su paciencia. Um, I muddle through with my Spanish, and it's partly to keep my brain young and active, um, but also for who knows why, to be a better uh, neighbor for those around Yorkville and north of us, to be a better citizen of the world, to see what God has planned for us in the future. 
I don't think it's ever as simple as our simply offering um, a Eucharist in Spanish. I think it's more complicated if we take people seriously. But little by little, if we open our hearts and minds and brains to others, um, we can follow Christ perhaps in a new way. Speaking of engaging the wider world, last week we enjoyed another visit from Father Graham Buckle, the vicar of St. Stephen's Church in London, our sister parish in the London-New York Link program. Um, Graham visited last January. I visited and preached them in March, and a number of our parish have gone back and forth. We've learned from each other. We've participated in programs, and some of you joined us in the social hall last April as we used the internet technology of FaceTime to do an adult Christian formation class with the folks at St. Stephen's. We'll do that again on Pentecost of this year. Jesus says we should be about catching people. And I've lamented in the past that too often I think the Episcopal Church tries to fish, but we do it like a lobster trap. We open one obscure door, and then if people find their way into our buildings, we try to keep them. Well, Holy Trinity is not quite yet able to be open during the daytime. Maybe one day we will. Um, There are too many dark corners and unsafe places for mischief makers. Um, And yet, visitors and friends move through this space almost every day of the week. Huge thanks to Liz Poole, who has uh, continued her dedication to teaching Wednesday yoga. Uh, People come to yoga on Wednesday nights who otherwise would not step into this building. And yet they feel the presence of God. They can't help but... Again, last year, we welcomed the Taiko Japanese drumming group and an enormous representation from the Japanese-American community in our neighborhood. And then in September, many of you remember, we celebrated Michaelmas Evensong with our neighbors from St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church. Almost every week, there are choral groups, recovery groups, community meetings, and all sorts of folks who walk through this space and feel something. Yesterday, as people arrived to celebrate and remember the life of Connie George, our beloved Triangle Theater member and uh, teacher, uh, many went first to Drazel Hall, to the social hall, because that's the space they knew best. It's where Triangle Theater productions happen. When they figured out the service for Connie was in here, in the main church, When they saw the church, many of whom for the first time, they were gobsmacked, as Graham Buckle would say. Many were even more surprised as we went through the service and they saw how Holy Trinity does things. We welcome folks with a light touch in the name of the risen Christ. As every child knows, the church is not just a building or a steeple, but you've got to open the door to see all the people. And again, in 2019, um, I was blessed with volunteers and staff. I'm always grateful for the support and help from Reverend Richard Smith when he's able to be with us. Um, Richard is one of those priests who pretends to be retired, but he's probably busier than ever. And so, Richard, we're grateful when you're with us. I continue to look forward to and pray for a possible deacon, and odds are looking better for 2020. Rarely is there a week when someone does not compliment me on some member of our church staff. It depends on the week as to which person it is. 
but the compliments always come. Often it's to say how amazing the music was on Sunday and to express gratitude for Cleve Kirsch. Cleve is our director of music and our organist. Yesterday was just one of many examples of his kindness and versatility and selfless service to the occasion as he helps others experience and hear the beauty of holiness. Calvin Dutrois, our Sunday night musician, does the same thing every Sunday night and other occasions as he plays and teaches us music that truly allows us to pray twice. I'm grateful to our sextons, Errol Dorsonville, Ozell Ryant, and Jose Cornier. They work and work and work and work. And I'm sure she's not here because she's elsewhere doing God's work. Erlinda Brent uh, identifies herself as the church secretary. <laughs> but we all know she's much, much more than that. <laughs> keeping me on track, helping to coordinate sextons, building use, calendars, special events, those who rent our space for programs and for holding and for filming. It's because of Erlinda and the relationships she nurtures that we benefited again in 2019 from the CBS series God Friended Me. Now, even though that series has sort of written the bishop out of the church's life, we still benefited last year. We were used for another series, Evil, that when we read the scripts very carefully to make sure that they're just using the building and not doing something strange. If you stay for the annual meeting, at the very end, I'll show you a video by the Latin American, uh, American really, superstar named uh, Romeo Santos. He filmed one of his music videos here last year, his song, um, El Beso Que No Le Di, The Kiss I Did Not Give Her, uh, films a wedding here with, of course, the poor jilted guy who didn't kiss her in time. It's a huge hit. If you listen to the Latino radio stations, it's played like every hour. And so if people see that video, they see our church. They don't know where it is. They may not come for Sunday morning. But it's a way that this church is in the world. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Erlinda. Though few churches anymore function with committees the way they used to maybe 20 or 30 years ago, we nevertheless still have some strong boards and committees that help us be faithful and keep us on track. Uh, especially the investment committee and the budget and finance committee uh, continue to help us keep track of our resources, but to be better stewards and to put in place systems that will protect us and guide us well into the future. Uh, Jean Geter and Christine Dutrois especially have been hugely helpful with this. As you'll see at our meeting following this worship service, Christine's service as our volunteer treasurer is invaluable and continues to strengthen us for long years of service and mission in the future. Enormous thanks to Jim Sink for his coordination of our 2019 stewardship campaign, his 13th stewardship campaign. Uh, We are grateful to him, and he's grateful to you and all of us, because 2019 was such a good and robust year. It points out that a lot of folks um, give uh, what they can. A few people give enormously. We can all grow in the support, but we're grateful for every penny and grateful for the energy and enthusiasm that continues to grow. 
The vestry is really the official board of the church. It meets monthly for most of the year, and it's filled with good people who serve throughout the church in just about every aspect of the church's life. Especially led by Alden Prouty and Yvonne O'Neill, they lead us with grace and energy, and it looks like they'll do that for another year. We thank especially B. Tompkins and Leona Fredericks who concluded their official terms on vestry. Uh, They take a year off, but we're not going to let them get far. (laughs) Thank you both so very much. We're slowly getting over our denial that Alexandra Barker has indeed gone to Scotland for law school, but we miss her and we're grateful for so much of her energy and service on vestry last year. I remind you that our gospel began with news of the arrest of John the Baptist. It sets a context for faithfulness. Uh, The news is often bad. We all struggle with challenges, with health, with finance, with finding our place in the world. Come what may, we're called to be faithful. And when we don't have the energy or the faith or the wherewithal, we're called to lean on each other. In the midst of a complicated and challenging world, the disciples and Jesus kept telling people about good news, about the kingdom of God and about their love and life in the spirit that brings healing and renewal. May God help us in this new year to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.